Hey friends, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy GM Prep. In this weekly show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday role-playing game. In this case, I am playing Scarlet Citadel, the 5e adventure written by Kobold Press. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish, both the veterans and the heroes of Sly Flourish. If you would like to join the Sly Flourish Patreon, there is a link down in the show notes below. Patrons get access to all kinds of exclusive material, the City of Arches sourcebook, a dedicated Discord server, the monthly Q&A, a whole bunch of exclusive adventures, and just tons and tons of material. You can subscribe as either a Sly Flourish veteran or as a Sly Flourish hero. The heroes of Sly Flourish, if you want to give a little bit more, you feel like the work that you're getting from me, the, the the value that you're getting from me is worth it. You can become a hero of Sly Flourish. You get a dedicated special color for your name in the Discord server. And to the veterans and to the heroes of Sly Flourish, thank you so much for your support. So we did have a game last week. So that was that was good news. And they made their way into the, the, the clacking caverns, which we had not gone into. I think I had two weeks where I didn't have enough players, but one of my players who was out of, out of the country is now back in the country. And I have two other players that are out, but I think I have a quorum of four and I can go with as few as three for this current, for this current event. I'm willing to run, I'm willing to run a and d game for as few as three. So we will still almost certainly have a game today. It would take two people, half of the people would have to not show up. And that would have to be four people total that couldn't show up before I'm not willing to, before I'm not able to really run a game. But I think we're going to be good. So we're going to, we're going to prep as though we are. I'm using Notion to do my campaign planning. If you want to learn more about using Notion for campaign planning, there is a link down in the show notes below. So let's take a look at the notes from last week and see where, see where things went. They began with a big pile of magic items. In both of my games, I just sort of hurled piles of magic items. I had four players at my game on Wednesday for Empire of the Ghouls, and three of the four got magic items then. My wife's character did not, and I heard about it. The In Scarlet Citadel, they also opened up a bunch of vaults to things and got a big pile of magic items too. So you want a strong start, hurl magic items at your at your characters. But check them. Check those magic items and make sure that they're not going to be, they're not going to hurt your game, hurt your game later. That's always a concern. But they had, they had defeated all the whites there. They had defeated the ring guardians. They had done the work, you know, they, they had done the work previously to sort of open these vaults up and check. But they're very apprehensive about opening these tombs and taking a look at the stuff that's inside because they keep getting punched in the face every time they do. But they did get a pile of items. Not all of them were super useful. And it's interesting because like they have a rogue and they have the black and white daggers. But the rogue's like, yeah, but I'm a range guy. So he's like, I'll take them. But, you know, so so it's interesting that they got a bunch of stuff. The Ring of Evasion is certainly useful. The communal flute was interesting. The black and white daggers were, were powerful, but they didn't really, they weren't that that super excited. And they get Hildur's war pick. So we'll see. Oh, they did get the Wand of Wonder. And they were very excited about the Wand of Wonder. And they fireballed themselves with the very first throw of the Wand of Wonder. So that that's fun. You know, I was like, roll, and it's a fireball. So, the, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it when we, <laughs> when we look at what happened. I'm also going to pop open my owlbear, my owlbear map. One thing, so I don't, I'm, I'm, I, I tend to use a mix of, like, theater of the mind and maps and terrain. I usually use a spread of different tools and technologies for running a game. I like to, I, I promote theater of the mind so heavily, not because I think it's what we should use all the time, but I think I promote it because I like to have lots of options available. I think that we as DMs, we as GMs should have lots and lots of tools available to help share the stories that we're sharing. And so I think having theater of the mind in hand is really handy 
when you want to run improvised battles and you want it to be pretty quick. I, I think also have, you know, being open to using maps and everything else is also something that's really quick. So I am not a, I, I, I certainly have a style for the game that I run and sort of the, the advice that I offer. But a lot of that advice is around flexibility in the tools that we have. I like to think of the, the GM toolbox, which is both an actual set of tools like Albert Rodeo and also sort of a mental toolbox that we have of different things. And an example is the last week I posted an, a video about speeding up initiative on the monsters side by just using 12 that the monsters have an initiative of 12. And that's a tool, right? It's, it makes it that way. It's faster for us to roll initiative for monsters. You don't have to just, all the monsters go on 12. All right? and, and a lot of people had a lot of feedback. There's, if you look at the comments, there's lots of different people that have different ways that they do it. And some are more complicated and some are like, they sort of spread the monsters throughout initiative and yada, yada, yada. And if you're using online tools, it really doesn't matter that much if the monsters go on 12. But I still have the monsters go on 12 many times. And so this one though, for Scarlet Citadel, because it includes the maps it has beautiful full color vtt compatible maps and i like owlbear and we play online exclusively for this game i'm very excited to say sure we'll we'll primarily be playing using the maps we're gonna you know for both exploration and for role playing and for combat that the maps are not combat maps the maps are maps of the whole environment and we can still see where everybody is and and i and for this game i think the players and i keep the map up almost the whole time the only time we don't even in even when they leave and they go to like red tower which is the the sort of hub city for this or the hub town for this adventure i still have a map of red tower that i bring up with tokens and icons to show where people are so it's very much a uh, in this one i'm 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 using this pretty heavily and that means other things too it means like i use the Encounter the combat tracker where you have the initiative tracker in here i use that one instead of using like even my own initiative tracker because it's kind of built in so i think that's just kind of interesting so the characters didn't get particularly far they made their way down this tunnel with to the clacking the, the clacking cavern they explored this tomb up here i don't remember if there's anything i think that was where they found the wand they found the wand of wonder in that tomb and they hadn't attuned to it yet but I was like, oh, you can use it. And then they got attacked by some stuff. What did they get attacked by? Was it, they, they saw the clacker beetles, but they didn't get attacked by clacker beetles. They got attacked by something else. And they were busy, maybe it's in my icon, the tokens, the tokens will tell me. I don't remember what the hell it was. It wasn't owlbears, it wasn't trollkin, it wasn't whites. They got attacked by something and they were dealing with that. And that was pretty hard for them to deal with whatever it was they were fighting. God, I wish I could remember whatever it was that the, whatever it was that they were fighting, they were having a pretty hard go of it. And they woke up the, the tumor troll, right? We can, we can unhide the tumor troll. And I think it was what the other things they were fighting were pretty hard. What the hell were they? I can't believe I can't remember what they fought. It was a couple of things and, and it was pretty hard and they ended up, hurling so so they the guy that got the wand of the wand the wand of wonder launched it and fireballed four of the character three of the five characters and they took a big pile of damage and it was really scary and like oh they're like oh my god and then this guy was wandering around too the tumor the tumor troll was wandering about and it like roared and was getting ready to attack and he fired the wand of wonder at that and it rolled a roll where it was like, it makes objects disappear. And I was like, ooh, what if it was like a banish? And I thought it'd be fun if he fires it at it and it hits him and the troll just disappears. And he's like, huh? And everyone's like, 
what happened to the troll? And my thought is for chaos, for fun and for chaos of storytelling, the next time they use the wand of wonder, the troll's going to show up with whatever other effect occurs. Right, that they—it's sort of like a, the the mirror, the the mirror of trapping, right? The, the, the whatever that mirror is that traps people inside. I think that that was sort of what the Wanda Wonder did. It trapped them inside. And so here's a fun thing that I'm doing, which is like I get to determine some of this stuff that happens with the Wanda Wonder, because it's powerful, and I don't want them to get screwed. But I think eventually they're gonna, you know, it's too chaotic. It's too chaotic for them to use regularly. I think so. <laughs> I think I think I think the Wanda Wonder. I think the Wanda Wonder is gonna. Was it? Was it? So there's a spider thing just showed. I know that. They just opened it up in a in a I think the the the, the strong start today was a that one of my what are they called the 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 tomb spider things from was it Toma Beast 2 or the Creature Codex? It wasn't 3. Did the the creature the Toma Beast 2 come out after before or after Creature Codex? I can't remember. Dread the Dreadwalker Excavator. Let's look it up. Dreadwalker Excavator is on page 129 of Tome Beast 2. That guy. We will make a token for that guy while I'm thinking about it. Using Token Stamp. Token Stamp is a great app, by the way, for making tokens very quickly and easily. What I like to do, I like to do big face tokens where you see like a big hunk of their face rather than like the, the, the body shot. And then I like to tint the, I like to tint the border. Is there a way to make a bigger size? scale i don't think that's i don't think that's what i want and you download and we go into our owlbear we go into our tokens we click here new image and we are going to go to downloads and edit that guy make it a biggie and give it a name nice nice big title drag that in our scarlet citadel folder and then we drag it onto the map so i think yeah they opened up one of the two one of the two tombs in here, and they woke up a Dreadwalker excavator. They still have the Wand of Wonder, and the Wand of Wonder has trapped a, a troll into it. And I think the next time they use the Wand of Wonder, I will the troll will pop back out again, and whatever the wand does will also happen. So it could be they fireball their own troll. That would be cool, right? It could be very chaotic. So I think I think that that will be fun. What else? So they opened up some tombs. They got some magic items. They went down there. They're they're digging around more. They did discover the big blobs, the big water blobs, and and saw that they in fact go to other worlds. That there's there's sort of a frozen one up here, and then there's a a warmer one down here. They haven't really figured out that there's stuff in there, and they seem to be not too eager to to dork with them. They probably will find the crank somewhere else. I'm going to I'm going to note that there's that big crank in the ceiling. So we will definitely we will definitely do that. Why don't we generate a new session planning template? Let's do that today. Today is 19 March. It's Sunday Scarlet Citadel and who is out? So we have so today's group so so Bart and Dorn cannot make it. So we have Garble, a mushroom folk rogue far traveler seeking a new home for his family. We have Mez, who is going to be kind of distraught at Dorn's appearance. We have Malarkey, tiefling warlock cleric. Mez is a frost elf fighter parfum. Malarkey, who is a tiefling warlock and cleric of the Weird Weaver. And Skrink Skibbers, a rat folk wizard occultist. So we have two spellcasters so we, it's a good mix right fighter rogue cleric wizard i think <laughs> i think we have the the perfect balanced thing now granted it's a warlock cleric but it's that's still a very straightforward that's that's a very straightforward for group so i think that that will work out so good good character strong start 
Dreadwalker Excavator. So Bart, I think, Bart and Dorn, I think are just going to off for fun. So normally, and, and my, my, I always argue that when you have players who aren't there, there's, DMs have different things that they do. GMs have different ways that they handle it. And some might say, well, somebody else plays their character. Sometimes it's like the game is canceled if anybody can't make it. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of different ways to handle it. But the best way, in my opinion, is just let them fade off. Let them fade away. And if you have a story way to do it, that's great. But if you don't, they just, we all know why they're not in the story. And if you keep your story loose enough that it doesn't really matter if two characters are gone, then that works really well. But what I'm going to have is I do have a little bit of story, which is the Dreadwalker blasts. Bart and Dorn with some kind of ray that pulls them into an internal puzzle cube and they'll be messing with it. And the next time they mess, you know, whoever messes with the puzzle cube will be able to pop Dorn and Bart back out again. Whoever messes with the puzzle cube at the right point can pop out Bart and Dorn. I think that's fun. So Dreadwalker Excavator. And then they'll have to fight the Dreadwalker Excavator. And upon defeat, they will find the puzzle cube inside. And they'll be like, wow, Bart and Dorn are in here somewhere. We got to pop this thing out. I think that'll be fun. So what else do we have? So we have the Dreadwalker Excavator. I have another idea. We're going to talk about it on the talk show today. If you're watching this video later, we talked about it earlier this week. But the Black Flag Playtest 2 came out. And one of the things that it has in the Black Flag playtest is this new option called Luck. Luck is intended to replace inspiration. And I, at my initial reaction was, meh, it's complicated and weird. I don't like it. I was like, nah, I don't, you know, inspiration was just easier to do. I don't want more points and stuff like that. And then they, they did something very smart, which is they said behind the curtain, they wrote, they wrote this like two pieces of information here about why, why luck exists, why this works. And what its intention is. And by the way, you probably want to play it before you have an opinion about it. Because people who have an opinion, people who just read it and have an opinion aren't nearly as valuable for this particular thing as people who actually try it. So I was like, hmm, could I add it into my Scarlet Citadel game? And I'm like, I think I can. Because I think one thing that can happen is a splinter of the Weird Weaver offers luck. And it's sort of like the characters get blessed by the Weird Weaver and they get luck. And that replaces inspiration. But it offers this opportunity for luck. And I think that that could be pretty cool. And the way, the way luck works is you, they will start, they will get one for free. I'll just give them one point because they get it for free. But you start basically with zero at the beginning of your character creation. But your luck does stay with you from session to session and stuff like that. When you fail an attack roll or save, you get a luck point. And, and the GM can choose to award luck points to a character for, for doing same way you handle inspiration and they can be rewarded for surviving difficult encounters so you really basically a gm can determine when to give you luck you can actually give them like experience points which is kind of neat if you're doing this is actually right right on numenera right on numenera you sort of gain you can you can sort of like i'm gonna compel you and you spend luck points on a, you get a plus one bonus to a roll on a one for one basis. So you can spend your luck points up to as many as you want to get yourself a plus bonus on your roll. Or you can spend three luck points to re-roll. And that makes sense mathematically because a, a advantage is roughly a plus three to plus five bonus. 
So your your three three luck points to re-roll is about right. You can re-roll after you've rolled, but before you know the result. So you don't know necessarily if you failed. And that's the only problem is like you could say like, oh, I rolled a 12. Maybe if I bump it up to a 15 with three luck points. Oh, sorry, it was 16. But I don't I don't know that that's going to be that big a deal. We'll, we'll see it in play. So my thought is like, well, this is a really, what I like, one thing I like about luck is that I can pluck this right out of here and just drop it in my game. Right. I don't have to do anything else. I don't, it's not tied to any other component to the game. There's not some like spider webby thing that's bound into it. I think there's some other class stuff that does. But for my game, I could just take this right out and do it. So I think I think I'm going to offer that. Up. I'm going to explain to the players why. But as an in-game thing, I think the idea is the Weird Weaver, which is this entity of chaos, is going to kind of bless them and say, how would you like to have a little how would you like to bend chaos a little bit your way? And it offers them luck. And I, I think the players would be on board with trying it out. So I think I think it's pretty cool. It's a, it's kind of a new mechanic. My my apprehension about it is it's like another complicated thing you have to track. It has this really interesting idea, which I think is pretty smart, that once you hit a maximum, if you get a sixth luck point, you lose all of them and then roll a D4. So you want they're they're built to spend. They're they're you're you're designed, they're designed for you to spend them. So I want to offer that up. So I want to do that. And then I think they will continue to explore the cackling chasms, clacking chasms. Recover the crown of Loki, a circle, circlet intellect possessed by Loki. I thought about having Loki be the one that offers up the luck mechanic, but I think it works better that it's the weird weaver. Return to the Trollkin and Del, return to the Trollkin and offer the circlet. Or, and then travel, uh, travel down to level four. So that, that looks pretty good. What secrets and clues do we have? The crown that, um, and what's his name? Brynjar, B-J-R, once is possessed with a sliver of Loki, the trickster god of the north. The characters might end up deciding to keep this circlet or they might give it to, it is, it is not a cursed item, but like you have a trickster God who's got sort of control over you. Is that something you really want? I don't know. I want to give the Trollkin group, Brynjar, Lord of the Trollkins comes from, what is the name? Let's see. I want to give them a little bit more of a history. Midgard World Book is a fantastic book, by the way. So we're going to go to the Northlands and... Oh, that's handy. It's sideways. Trollheim. So they are a band that has traveled from Trollheim. Maybe they, to the far north, their blood traces back to the Jotun during the foundation of the world. I want to give them sort of a, a clan name, the scale, the scale hunters, scale what is a, so instead of bond, what, what is a, like, you know, you, you don't like them. So instead of bond or brood or, let's see if I've got in my generator, scale rend, drake hunters, and who particularly don't like the followers of the dragon kind. That's a little a fun bit of history, I think. What other, so we're going to cheat as we have been doing from week to week now. And I'm going to take a look at the secrets and clues from last week that did not get used. If I do a rewrite of Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, I am going to mention this. Clearly, it seems like people do it, and I don't think it's so bad. They did learn that. Most of the scouting parties are killed. They did learn that. 
Thor's hammer is part of a set that includes Thor's gauntlet's yarn ripper. They did learn, so let's see, trickster, tricky dwarves secretly serving Loki stole Thor's hammer and gauntlets and moved them to Loki, to the tomb of the Loki priest. They did find that was that was so a fun a fun event. And this is one where it's like, did the joke go on too long? Is they opened up the, the in this tomb down here, it is a trickster god tomb. And they opened up one of the tomb sarcophagi, or they didn't open the tar- sarcophagi, but they both opened the pots and they found a glove that had a clockwork mechanism on it that if you turned it and wound it up and then pressed a button in the center would give a a shocking jolt to whoever was on the receiving end. And then they found a small leather bag with a valve on it that didn't seem like it would take water but would take air and then made a farting sound when you squeezed it. And they said, did we just find a joy buzzer and a whoopee cushion? And then, then like them questioning the items and like exploring them and us going back and forth about what it could do was probably 10 minutes long. <laughs> and, and I kept thinking like, they're going to find out it's a joy buzzer and a whoopee cushion. And are they going to be sad? Uh, yeah, rubber chicken. Good idea. I think we'll add that to like the treasure. Yeah, rubber chicken. I think that that will be fun fun too and and the idea was like it's a bunch of like you know gag gag stuff that the character that the that the priests of loki put here but i think that the that yeah there is a there is a loki priest let's look at the book itself and go to dwarven barracks and go to clacking chasms and so they went to the warlock's tomb that's where they found the wand i think so 322 was the tomb that they just entered and that's the clockwork tomb. And I had them, I, I kind of reskinned this. I was like, I'm not going to have them fight another clockwork Myrmidon. So I said, we're going to use the Dreadwalker excavator instead. And instead of finding, they found like normal stuff in there. The effigy tomb where they found a dead thief. The elemental tomb, I think we'll keep the same. So six, let's look at five, six, seven, and eight. Let's take a look at those. So the clacker, the beetle husk chamber, and that might be where they fight some clacker beetles. 26 is the Warlock's Tomb. 27 is the Fountain. 28 is the Opened Tomb. 29 is the Thrine of, Sh- of Karen, the Clacker Nest. And I think, so which, where is the, I, th- I think that the, probably the last tomb, I, th- I think that they will, I think like the Clacker Beetle, oh, what if one of the Clacker Beetles is wearing the, the headband of intellect? That would be pretty interesting. And Loki doesn't actually like being on a clacker beetle head, but it's like a super smart clacker beetle that's able to like cast spells and stuff. That would be pretty fun. And and it's in 330. That could be a fun secret. Clacker beetle stole Loki's crown and is wearing it. It commands the other clacker beetles and can cast some spells. It probably doesn't speak common. And Loki, the sliver of Loki doesn't, care for the beetle very much that would be kind of fun there is a kobold press spell casting the 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 limb limb it's like a spider thing that casts spells how would i ever find it well i know it's in i know it's in the kobold press books it is not any of those whoops oh why is it doing that what the hell man it was a cool spell casting spider it is probably a monstrosity Leng, L-E-N-G, thank you. 
Maybe it's not a monstrosity. Spider of Lang, page 365 of the original Tome of Beasts. All right. Do I have the original Tome of Beasts up? I don't think I do. Oh, man, I moved my thing. 365. Look at that guy. Innate spellcasting. Can cast shield, silence, arcane eye confusion, hypnotic pattern, stone skin. Pretty great. And it has like a staff. A staff of Ling. See, that? that's pretty great. I think we're going to... We're going to add that, put that on our monsters. There's a reason why I'm not adding it right here. I have, I have reasons, although I don't think I'm going to get to it today. So I guess we'll just add it to here. So we're going to go to my monster database, and we're going to add it to the EOTG holding pattern. I have to redo these because I redid the database again because I added page numbers. But now it's, now it's in my Scarlet Citadel, my Scarlet Citadel set. Right there it is. Where is it? Spider of Lang? No, I added it, didn't I? Why didn't it show up? Whatever. We'll keep going. So we got that secret. What other secrets? Oh, we were going to look at other secrets from, from the previous from the previous session. So we got that. Factions of Dara war with one another. We did not learn that. Some of the creatures tied to the third icosahedron are as old as the citadel itself. I'm going to grab, let's see. We're going to grab all of these and we'll move them in to current the current one, and then we'll look at them and decide, do they? Do we need these? Factions of Dara war with one of the levels below. They did not know that. Some of the creatures tied to the Theracosahedron are as old as the Citadel itself. They did learn that. They didn't learn that they're older. And more to the debase, Disciple of Gellert travels among the levels. They did not learn that. More to the debase, used the power of the third icosahedron to summon all sorts of horrible entities from other worlds, which now roam the lower reaches. Each of these creatures must be destroyed to seal the third icosahedron. I think they did learn that, but that's an important one, so I'm going to keep that around. Tributary of the Black River traveling through the eastern part. It's currently chaotic and unpredictable. One must travel the lower river to reach the upper tri tributary, not the other way around. It's a one-way tributary from the lower river to the upper river. That's a good one. That's that's the one-way path. I added that last time. They didn't discover it. Third Icosahedron resides in a chamber in the fifth level of the Scarlet Citadel, off in the Black River. The creatures powering the third Icosahedron are spread about levels four and five, right? The fourth Icosahedron resides in the lowest depths of the Scarlet Citadel. Gellert the Gruesome himself draws on this energy and most powerful. They, they did learn that, but I'm keeping that around. Weed Reaver isn't a god of Primordial or anything like it. It's a shape. Yeah, they, that's... They've got that. So those are all good secrets. That saves us a little time. Don't have to write all those secrets out. Fantastic locations we don't really have to worry about because we have the book. So we're going to wipe that. NPCs. So we probably want to have Las Baskalag. I always like Las Baskalag. Except Las Baskalag is with Joe's character and Joe's character is not around. So we'll keep him there anyway. We have Bryn Brynjar. So there's the priest. The priest of Loki could be a fun could be a fun one. So we'll, we'll, we'll Averil Anvil Dazer. How about Aravil? Let's see. Riddle Rend. Riddle Tongue? Riddle Tongue would be pretty good. Averil Riddle Tongue. Priest, Dwarven Priest of Loki. They're going to expect that he tells riddles, and I hate riddles. So maybe we'll try a different one. Glory Board, Ebon Fang, Tree Smasher, Harp Hound. Song bottom. I mean, so what would be a fun last name for a Loki priest? Rainbuckle, Hero River, Sword Brow, Ghoul Teeth. Could be Windbreaker, because he was Dwarven Priest of Loki and creator of the Whoopee Cushion. Man, that's just asking for like 12 year old humor for a whole session. Red Rend. These are great names. Not great names for a trickster. Sooth Twister. He twists the truth. That's not bad. Storm Glove? We'll go with Storm Glove. He invented the glove that gives the electric shock. 
That's pretty good. Other NPCs they might run into here. Well, the 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 clacker, the clacker, the 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 smart clacker beetle could have a name. Star Song, Oliver Star Song, the clacker beetle queen or king, with the clacker beetle king with the circlet. And it might be a fight, and they might actually convince it. And I think maybe it's like you know, sentience is a curse, right? I liked it better when things were normal. Knowing all of this stuff is is not great. That's the curse. And like, and and Loki is trying to, Loki is overloading Oliver with knowledge that the spider or the the clacker beetle doesn't want. That could be fun. The funny bit is they, they take the circlet off. And it's like, please take this from me. I, I don't want it anymore. And it takes it. And then it just turns into a clacker beetle and attacks them. <laughs> like, huh, weird. We'll see. We have a Morda. I don't know when they're going to run into Morda. So we'll, but we'll keep her on our NPC list. And that works out. Cool. And then treasure. I think I had some treasure in the last sessions game. We can, we can, we can probably steal from. So this is in the pool. Let's see. We'll grab all this stuff. But I know they don't they don't necessarily I like that a rubber chicken is in the treasure. So they found this, they found this, they found these things. They've Thor's hammer they didn't find, the helm of Loki they didn't find, the wand of wonder they found, the rod of the pack keeper they didn't find yet. So those are those are some good pieces of treasure. And then this stuff, the other stuff that's in the treasury is in hidden away in the pool. So if they want to go actually get real money they can get the pools. So that works. Friends, I want to thank you for hanging out with me today while I prepared for my RPG today. If you enjoyed the show and you want more material like this, you can sign up for the Sly Flourish newsletter. You'll get a weekly RPG-related email sent to your inbox every week, and you'll get a free adventure generator PDF. It's all absolutely free to sign up. You can also become a patron of Sly Flourish. Patrons get access to all kinds of exclusive material. City of Arches Sourcebook, Uncovered Secrets Volume 1 and 2, Dedicated Discord Server, a whole bunch of exclusive adventures, and a lot more. You can, you can find a link to become a patron down in the show notes below. We have both a veteran tier and a hero tier. If you really like the material you're getting and you want to give a little bit more, the hero tier is available to you to show your support. And you can pick up any of my books at the Sly Flourish bookstore. Link for the bookstore is in the show notes below. You can pick up Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, the Lazy DM's workbook, and the Lazy DM's companion. They're all available down there. Thank you very much. Have a great day and get out there and play an RPG.